Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb And welcome to Groundhog Minute, the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day, one repetitive minute at a time. I'm your host, Dave. And I'm your other host, Sean. And joining us once again today, our special guest from Pele Media, it's Kyle Crane. Hey, Sean, Dave, thanks for having me. Back again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Feels like we've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for coming back. Thank you for sticking with uh, sticking with the Groundhog Show here. Oh, absolutely. Love this film. Love talking about it. Glad to have you at the, uh, at the Pennsylvania Bar with us. <laughs> and today we are going to be talking about Minute 47. Sean, give me, the, give me that summary. All right. In minute 47, uh, Rita talks about her favorite cocktail, which just happens to be Phil's favorite as well. What a quinky dink. And Phil's toast to the groundhog kind of falls flat as Rita remarks that she always drinks to world peace. And Phil adds that to his mental memory bank and tries to stomach that sweet vermouth. And we see him once again joining her in the bar and order the same drink and says he likes to pray and drink to world peace. So, uh, yeah, so we're, we're back in this bar and I don't, did we, did we mention yesterday that this is, um, this is part of the jail restaurant. So we're in what used to be the, the town jail for Woodstock, Illinois has since been converted into a restaurant and that's where we are. We're at the bar in there. I, I was kind of curious if that that's a reason to add to that, like behind the bartender, there's this like really earthy rock wall. And I'm curious if that's kind of like, you know, you know, if that was part of the jail or something like that. You know, there's like rough wall and they're just like, oh, just just we'll just we'll build the you know, we'll build this bar around it or something for this. When the restaurant came in, it's a cool. Look. It's very rustic. Yeah. Very. You know, where he makes the mention about the, uh, the you know, the sun glazing off the Italian roofs in the <laughs> afternoon. It kind of reminds me of like a Tuscan cellar or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, I tried to like figure out where this was in relation to like the the jail scene when 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 Phil gets arrested after his joyride and and figure out where things are and I couldn't really piece it together other than it, yeah, it does have underneath all the the streamers and decoration. It is just basic cinder blocks and and rock and stuff for the for the walls. So it does have kind of a, an institutional prisony feel to it. <laughs> and so once again, we see Phil, um, Phil doing his little act as he orders his his favorite, his new favorite drink, his sweet vermouth with a twist, and then he adds this story about about Rome. Um, have Have either of you guys been to Rome? Do you, Do you know how the the light hits the buildings <laughs> in the afternoon? No, I'm, I'm sorry, I've not. Uh, same here, but I imagine it's as beautiful as he says it is. <laughs> do you I think do... he's gotten that from memory, Sean? Or do you think this is another, I wouldn't say rehearse because of the bar, but like some kind of, I don't know, some kind of pithy line he used or heard Rita talk about Italy or something? Yeah, I think he just, you know, it sounds, you know, it's it sounds fancy. It yes. sounds worldly to say, oh, you've been to Europe and you've been to Rome and kind of put that picture in your head. You're not in this dank basement bar <laughs> in Punxsutawney, you know, in central Pennsylvania, but you're in the plaza. It's an outdoor cafe and you're you're sipping your drink under the Italian sun. And isn't that romantic? 
it's a very uh, easy way to sound deep. You know, it's like, oh, well, I went on vacation one time to Paris, you know, and I yeah, drank a lot yeah. while I was there. It's like, oh, you must know so much about the world. It's like, yeah, it was a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, Dave, that, that's actually kind of my reading of it as well. Like this had to have come up in conversation before in one of the hundreds of times we didn't see him, you know, try to get the drink order right or something that that that, that was exactly what I was thinking, too. She's mentioned Rome or her love of Europe or something like that. And he's, you know, kind of exploiting that at this point because it doesn't really seem genuine at all. It's just the way that he's playing it up like, you know, oh, the, you know, the way the light bounces. I, you almost expect for her to be like, well, I love Rome or something like that. And it's a line mm-hmm. that just never comes. But uh, but apparently it works. <laughs> yeah. Her make, make a comment. Oh, I've always wanted to go to Rome or something. It's, right. There must. Yeah. There, there, there must be something in some of these iterations. She said something that caused him to go in that direction but it's sort of it's a general thing it kind of gives you the impression oh you're familiar with rome you're so worldly Mm -hmm. but there's nothing specific about it every city in the world has afternoons and the sun (laughs) hits them all so to say ah the way the sun hits the buildings in the afternoon oh you know they have buildings in rome ooh la la oh there's nothing like the smell of the mid-afternoon asphalt in corpus christi you know the sun hits it just right and you get that mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and one thing one thing that struck me about this minute, I think this is well, I'm pretty sure this is the first time it's happened in the movie and I'm trying to think ahead. It may be the last that Reed is a bit of a I'll just say bitch. I wasn't going to say bitch, but then I'm like, no, I'm just going to say bitch. Reed is a bit of a bitch here. She very cynically like, yeah, like it like this is a few times where he didn't say anything rude. Like you know, like, hey, here we are, and why are we here? Because Phil the Groundhog. Like, we might as well just drink it and enjoy the day. Like, that's actually one of the few things that he said to Rita. That's a genuine line. It's it's kind of a nice, funny little thing. No, there's no way to take offense to it. And she does come off very cynical. All right, mm-hmm. so that's not just me. She makes a little face like, ugh, Groundhog. It's like, I drink to world peace. Mm. It's like, uh, uh, honey, a thousand days ago in the van, <laughs> you made the funny face about the Groundhog coming out. I'm literally talking about that same character. And you were like shoving, you're going like, ugh. Like, I just bought you a drink, and I'm referencing. Remember when you did the funny little face in the van? Remember that? That's what I'm yeah. referencing. Stop kicking me down right now at the bar. Also, who actually takes that kind of thing seriously? You know, it's like, well, I'm sorry, you didn't drink to world peace. I'm leaving, you know. (laughs) And no one in the history of making toast has ever done it to anything serious unless they had a family member of the hospital there trying to wish well, you know. It's always something stupid. Like, you guys ever see Bozo when you were kids? This one's for Bozo. Yeah. It's not like he's not like a GI. It's like, oh, (laughs) gee. Gee, Cindy, I'm I'm shipping out. They're they're shipping me out to the Europe, you know, the Western Front tomorrow. Uh-huh. I may never see you again. Yeah, but let's drink to world peace. You know, thank like, you for your service, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's 93. Like the Gulf War isn't even going on anymore. That's uh-huh. over. Like there's yeah, he's not shipping out. There's no yeah. Yeah. Well, like the conflict in Somalia, like I think that's about as, and I don't even know if that's if it's even that yet. Like the Black yeah. Hawk Down. Thing. Yeah, Black Hawk Down. I'm, I mean, I'm sure, like I'm sure there's a war going on somewhere, but yeah, this the attitude she gives, and even afterwards, she, you know, just almost a sneer that's uncalled for. It's like, all right, what so we, he, what do you want to do yeah. now? Now that we have our drinks, and you just like killed the conversation. What would you like to do now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> he goes, yeah. he goes, you know what? I'm gonna find that I'm gonna find that ga- that, that that cap for Larry. <laughs> he just like I'm gonna leave. Yeah. I'm gonna go help Larry with the fan. <laughs> that, that's really the kind of response that would make me say like um there's other women in this town, you know, <laughs> like have a nice night, ma'am. Because <laughs> you know? yeah. I agree, like that's, it'd be one of those things where it's like, so he now knows he has to say world peace. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's like us thinking this right now. It's like, I have to like say this honestly <laughs> to like, to get you excited and interested. Like, I, like this, this sounds dumb. This just yeah. like. Like the, the poopy diapers I would go with. Yeah. This, this is too. And I kind of wonder the way things are going and, and things get a little bit more serious with Rita than f- just the the, the, the the example we know best from the movie is Nancy. And it's like, well, was Rita just the last one? Like he seduced every <laughs> other woman yeah. over 18 in this town. That's a good and point. like the only conquest left is Rita. And then the, the loop stops. And then I'm like, I guess I'm stuck with her now. You know, I think there's a lot to that, actually. Let's say that that happened. Let's say that he did have a romantic evening with every woman in this town, and it was not a match with any one of them, okay? And then he finally gets to uh, Rita here, and then he realizes, oh, it's not the women in the town that are the problem. The problem is me. Mm -hmm. Because I think we talked about it a little bit off-air beforehand, and we could discuss this a little bit more in the next minute. When I was a kid and I first saw this movie in in the theater— uh, I really thought this was the end of the movie, and I thought that, oh, oh, you know, he's he's getting the girl, everything's going right, this is going to be it, this is the end of the movie, and then, of course, you know, spoiler alert, in a few minutes, he strikes out, and he's really depressed, and it sends him down this path, and I didn't, I didn't comprehend why things didn't work out, why he didn't quantum leap onto the next thing, you know, uh, <laughs> until watching it later, and I realized, uh, with the, the self-reflection that comes with age, that it wasn't about having getting the girl and making it the perfect night. It was the self change that he had to actually go through himself. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of selfishness in this minute. He's trying to kind of like, uh, you know, his is uh, getting with uh, Rita is kind of a byproduct of this perfect night that I think he thinks he's trying to give her. Well, my reward at the end of the night for giving her a perfect night is I get to sleep with her or something like that. And then right. it doesn't yeah. work out because ultimately, okay, uh, it, it is about changing yourself, Phil. Uh, so I, I think there's a possibility to that, that maybe he did strike out with everybody else in town and then he finds uh, the true meaning of what his lesson is to be learned here through molding his personality around Rita. So mm-hmm. I think you might be on something there. Yeah, and I, I definitely agree. There is a bit of a, a, a bait and switch that the movie makers mm-hmm. are, are are playing with us here. And, and I've talked about this before. I've mentioned the... The, the five stages of, of grieving or the five stages of grief and you go through and those are to, to refresh the, your memory. Those are denial, anger, bargaining, depression and acceptance. Mm-hmm. And it kind of seems this is set up as kind of acceptance where where Phil has accepted the loop. He's accepted. I've got to do this over and over again. So I'm playing these games. I'm just I'm dealing with the situation and I'm playing games with okay, I'm going to ask people questions and then I can, you know, I'll know their favorite drink or I'll know where they went to high school and I can I can play these kind of games. It, on the surface, it seems like an acceptance of his situation. But like you said, the, the, real, the real issue is not, well, I've got to live this day over and over again. The real issue are the 
the the mental and spiritual problems that are plaguing Phil. And, and so I think this is this is really bargaining. This is the, the mm-hmm. bargaining level of can I play with this? If I do this right, will I be happy? Can I can I enjoy this life? living the same thing every day over and over again. If I play these little games where I kind of tweak what I do, I order a different drink or I, or I have a different reaction to the, to the same person that I run into kind of thing. And it does, it does present itself as kind of an end state, but yeah, like you said, we, we learned that it isn't. And I just want to say something in case any of the listeners out there are saying, wait a second, this is minute 47. How did you think this was the end of the movie? <laughs> did you just think this was a really short movie? And I just wanted it's it's a little bit of a digression. It's a different movie, but I had a similar experience though on the other end when I saw Star Trek Three, The Search for Spock, hmm. which is a horrible, horrible, horrible movie. <laughs> and people will tell you otherwise, and they're wrong. It does not hold up, no. It does not. Well, and I remember seeing it in the theater. And at the end of the movie, what quote unquote end of the movie, I think, and I haven't, I haven't seen it since I've only seen this once in the theater and I haven't watched it again since then. But at the very end, they throw something up on the screen. And if I remember correctly, it's something along the line, like the search continues or the adventure continues. I thought that was the beginning of the movie. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) because up to that point, everything had just been suck 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 horrible 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 and i'm like oh what we've been through was sort of a preamble was an introduction and now the adventure continues and now there's going to be another hour of the real movie right and but what happens is the the credits start scrolling it's over so i could see as a kid after 47 minutes you think oh we're getting ready to wrap up it's nearly over because as a kid i sat through a two-hour movie and i thought well it can't possibly be over yet because nothing good has happened yeah <laughs> it's uh it's at times a little bit different too when you're sitting in a the theater you yeah know, when it's, like... it, it, it's dark there's no windows you don't really know the passage of time yeah so. yeah but i mean that's that's part of the brilliance of the movie is it does kind of lead up to the point where you're feeling like oh, everything's going fine throws you a curveball and you realize like oh no we're just it's i mean this is smack dab i think in the middle of the film you know mm-hmm. uh and it's like well here's the twist here's the you know the in the save the cat this is like the point of no return aspect yeah. of the movie yeah so well that sounds good because it's similar to i think phil is in a similar place where he's thinking, okay, I've got a hang of this. Like we're in a good place here. We can kind of wrap it up and it's just normal life from here on out. And as you discovered watching this film in the theater and as Phil's going to discover it, it's it's not that easy. Now I do want to, so I want to segue to this drink that everyone is suddenly so crazy about. (laughs) That the kid, what the kids are into these days, this sweet vermouth rocks with a twist. <laughs> These millennials and their vermouth. <laughs> you know, kids these days. Um, yeah, so I did not go to Rome in researching for this minute uh, to see how the sun hits the buildings in the afternoon. That would have blown our groundhog budget. <laughs> that so. would have blown the budget, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I tried. I couldn't get the... Uh, I couldn't get the travel voucher approved. I couldn't sneak it into the budget. But what I did manage to, uh, to, to I, I sprung some petty cash out of the draw, and I've got a $20 bottle of sweet vermouth. Ooh. 
that I figured, you know what, let me try this drink. And well, something really puzzled me. Phil's a drink. We know Phil's a drink. I mean, he yeah. just ordered a fistful of, of Jim Beam. <laughs> but when he takes a, swip, a sip of the sweet vermouth, he makes a face. And like the first, I don't know, 20, 30 times I saw the movie, I thought it's... You know, it tastes like the, you know, when you drink something that's strong alcoholically or if you're not used to alcoholic drinks and you taste alcohol for the first time, it was that kind of face. But then I'm like, no, he just ordered a like a glass that's 95% Jim Beam with a splash of water. So he's not afraid of the taste of alcohol. What is this drink that makes Phil Connors make, <clears throat> excuse me, what is this drink that is making Phil Connors make that face? Well, so I, I went out and oh sorry you can say something no, no well I mean I I don't want to step on because you may be getting to the point but like <laughs> I'm, I may I'm, be getting to a point I may not but like no like I like scotch and bourbon and whiskey mm-hmm. and I can put them down no problem or I could sit there and sip them and not make a funny face if anything I'm probably like enjoying this feeling where some of my friends go like oh man that stuff tastes like shoe polish and to me I'm like oh it's it's great but like my one friend like he he likes gin. Mm-hmm. And and I'll and I'll have some of his gin on, and yeah, like I, I pucker up. I'm like, ah, God, a pint saw, I can't do it. No. So <laughs> yeah. So I know that like definitely certain alcohols just affect certain people. Like some people like yeah, like the light vodkas, and some people want to go heavy on the browns. So all right, I want to continue your story. Please. Yeah. So well, I guess I'm kind of I probably like like with you. I mean, I will drink. I will do like a spiced rum. I'll do Captain Morgan's on the rocks. I will do a whiskey. You know, I'll do a Jameson, uh, like a nice Irish whiskey, a red breast. I will do a tequila, a nice uh, Añejo, um, you know, either straight up or on the rocks, a splash of lemonade. But but kind of the more, I guess, that class of, of drink. This sweet vermouth is, one, it's very sweet and it's spicy. It's mm. almost like it's, it, it like it's a base of red wine. Which and I I was kind of surprised because it's very the the vermouth I got is very dark. The drink they have in the movie is is lighter, and I don't know maybe it's just because of ice or maybe there's different different kinds. But it's sort of it's it's a red. I'm, to describe it, if you haven't had sweet vermouth, it's like a red wine base where they add um, they add like herbs and spices. There's like cinnamon and clove. It's almost like a, a mold wine, like a cold mold wine or a spicy sangria were, were kind of my thoughts of, of how I would describe it, which makes this drink even like just nonsensical. <laughs> like, why would you because sangria is wine with fruit? Yeah. So why would you say, give me a sangria with a twist? Like why, like just, I, and I tried it. I, I, so I, I'm not a big fan of lemon in drinks. I lean towards lime. So I tried it with a lime. I tried it with lemon. It tastes the same. The drink itself overpowers anything you could put in it. So that sweet will power the, the sour no matter what. Yeah. It's, it's so sweet and spicy that I'm like, it's the, the, the first thing, the only, Comparison I could think of would be like if you ordered a Cobb salad and said, oh, can you put a piece of lettuce on top? I was like, well, no, it's a salad. It's all lettuce. Like, you're not going to notice. Like, this, it's a really, really sweet wine. It's like if you, 
it's almost like if you drink like a, a Manischewitz, a Mogan David, that kind of thing. Like I could, after tasting it, I could, I understood. I probably made the same face <laughs> that Phil makes in this thing. That it, it's very, it's very sweet. It's very spicy. It's very whiny. And I managed to get down most of a bottle. And my my wife was like, "Why are you drinking that?" I'm like, "It's <laughs> it's research. I have to. It's my duty. <laughs> I have to. I don't want to, but I have to. But I this is. I mean, I guess it's you know different strokes for different folks. I find it. I found it kind of vile. I did not like yeah. it at all. So you were making a face, kind of like Phil was. Yeah, I would think. And and Phil's got to drink. You know, at least a sip of this thing over and over again. I think that would be. I may give up. I mean, you know, well, and is this really necessary? I we, we know at this point he's kind of pulling a Nancy. He's trying to set everything up yeah. so that Rita will think that they're compatible and he can put together this perfect day. Do they have to be drinking the same thing? Yeah, I, I don't think. Yeah. Anytime you you meet up with somebody and the, and the idea. I mean, I, I guess the sort of thing is, is he is. A, yeah, he doesn't want to make it feel like it's a one night stand for him and Rita. He's got to make it like it's some kind of long-term compatibility, at least in his selfish mind, mm-hmm. that it needs to be like this. But, yeah, it's kind of like, well, well, Philly, let's say best-case scenario, you guys hit off at the bar, then you hit it off at dinner. You know, it's like if she brought up the booze, like, let's buy a bottle of the town and go back to your room. You're like, oh, okay, I guess <laughs> okay. Drink, we'll just drink some vermouth by the rock, you know, with the, by the fire. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So if either of you had, there's there's a couple mixed drinks um, that have vermouth, that have sweet vermouth particularly. Uh, so vermouth and bourbon is a Manhattan. Oh, or yeah. if you mix it with scotch, that's a Rob Roy. Yeah. Have, yeah. I've had both of them. I enjoy both of them. because yeah, of, But it's because of the brown. Like it's because right. Of, yeah. It's because of the, the brown. I, yeah. And I haven't tried. I think I, I, I've got like probably like a glass left in this bottle. I, I should probably try. I'm not a big scotch drinker, but I've got, I've got some bourbon. I should probably try a Manhattan. And then if, it, if it's like mostly bourbon with just maybe a splash of the vermouth for a little bit of tang, like that might be okay. But mm-hmm. I, I like when every time I get a drink, they always ask for vermouth. I go, I go dry. Uh, and I don't know. I never try dry and sweet at the same time mm-hmm. to see the differences. All I yeah. know is like every time I'm getting liquor, I don't want anything sweet. Like I know in my you mind, dry. I want I want it dry. I want it to taste like it's varnish, and <laughs> uh, that's my mind. It's got to be bitter. It's got to be varnishly. It's got to it's got to like remove yeah paint. So and yeah, I've had I've had yeah old old fashions, Manhattan's, Rob Roy's. I've enjoyed them all. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I'm 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 similar where yeah, it can be you know, it can have a bit of a nose, it can be a little fruity, but it can't be too sweet. Then that's just that just kills it for me. I feel like the odd man out here, you know, given that the name of our, our company is Pele Media, we kinda got that from uh, the fact that we really like tiki drinks. Uh so we're pretty heavy on the uh anything that has a lot of pineapple in it over here at the Pele Media Studios. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> But that said, I, I I do enjoy good uh makers and water from time to time. So but oh, yeah. you know, it's funny. I was actually gonna do the same thing and have some vermouth here on the show because we had a bottle of it somewhere and for some reason my all of my vermouth and sherry are gone. So I need to figure out like what happened to those. If I wasn't on medication, I'd be drinking, but I'm not. Uh, yeah, yeah, you you can't mix. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, so, medication. Right, as, I, so. as I sip more water for my medication, 
uh, so I don't like have an allergy reaction. Um, uh, no, no, I, but no, I do like rum drinks. Like, um, I, there, there's a, uh, there's a bunch of rum, you know, um, long story short, a bachelor party a few weeks ago, we went to, we went to, uh, we went to a, 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 a like a beach themed place in Philly and uh the drinks were nice like all you know they even had those the the, the big ones where it's like if you wanted this fish bowl for four people oh yeah um, yeah i had i had one that was great it was a really it was a really fun like i'm gonna say it tasted like a uh, pomegranate uh but it was a very fruity rum drink loved it and it was in a shark's mouth and, oh uh, nice yeah. and like flowers and stuff coming like red red and uh yellow flowers coming out of it and stuff I'm not going to say the name of the place. I'm not going to talk on it, but I'm just going to say, like, I think someone the night before got sick there and they really oh, hadn't no. gotten the smell out. Because oh, we were, like, no. sitting there drinking going, like, does this smell like somebody threw up in a bag of root mulch? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the smell. And I'm looking around, like, there's there's, there's no, like, like live plants. There's not like you would b- get potting soil for this bar. This is just, like, a dive bar that's tropical themed. And we're just like... All right, let's just finish the drinks and let's just let's just keep going. Let's just go somewhere else to keep the bachelor party going. Oh but, my god! Uh, yeah, <laughs> and then we went to a place um, that was very like very. Like, it'd be something like if like, I was chilling, if I was like having a a nice lady, I would take her to a kind of place like this, where it's like one of those like it looks like a smoker's lounge, where it's just like it's dark and like there's no lights, just like candles at the table. Mm-hmm. But for us mm-hmm. guys trying to day drink before dinner. It was uh, it was like oh, it was a little too a little too dark. We actually kept blowing out our candles, and they only had like they have one. Of, it's one of those like really haughty toddy places where they have like ten things on the menu, and oh. uh, otherwise you could just ask them for things that you want, and they'll make you something surprising. Mm-hmm. It's like all right, this is little you know like we're just a couple guys right now just trying to get boozed up in the city. So <laughs> like both those places like had their like ups and downs to it. We're like all right, we just gotta keep going, gotta keep going. But uh, but no, none of us actually said uh, to world peace. I think we all said like to 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 the bachelor at the time. We all you know, we just choose to him. To peace in his world, yes. Yeah, to peace in his world. <laughs> we all said and to the bride, of course. We said, oh, yeah, we course, all yeah. we all bowed our heads and prayed for that. Yeah. So so when, yeah so all right so he gets his he gets his sweet removed drink and he you know so he has to one up her and say like I say a prayer drink to world peace and and know, then actually like, like yeah and and yeah and so. And like you said, she kind of like goes, oh, okay. But like, it's like, well, honey, if I didn't say this, you would get cynical and try to high horse me on world peace. So I'm going to just kind of, I'm going to say it and just get this done. Get get this part of the, of the date process like over with. (laughs) And then, and then the classic little Bill Murray, does he say like, uh, Amen or something like that. He's, he's yeah. just for something, and it's just it's so dry, just so like just very kind of amen. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> he does, yeah. He sneaks that little amen. I think it's actually well, like the I think it's like the first second of the, the next minute technically. But oh, I'm sorry. yeah. Oh, you you toast to world peace. I'll mm-hmm. show you. Yeah. I'll <laughs> take. A I'm gonna get further. out my prayer shawl and, <laughs> <laughs> and light some candles. I've got yeah. a rosary. <laughs> Pulls out from under the bar and it's, it's earned and just starts going around the place, shaking it. <laughs> he Not burns some sage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the fell and the world peace and the death. Yeah. Amen. So yeah, he, he throws in a little amen at the end. His little moment of silence. But he's just, he's following her. Mm-hmm. 
lead mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. this where it's like, you know, okay, he's, you know, he's being deceptive. He's, he's pretending these things are organic when he's following her, but right. he's just following her. Like really just, yeah, it's, yeah, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. You're in the hotel bar, Punxsutawney PA. <laughs> it's, this is not the time for world peace. This not is time. Just relax. Be human for a, a moment. Yeah. It kind of makes me wonder, like, what is he what does he see in her? Like in the end, it becomes like he really becomes obsessed with Rita that this is not just, you know, at this point we know he's trying to put together the per the perfect day so they can sleep together at the end of the day. But in the end it becomes, even when the loop is over at the very, very end, he still wants to stay around her. And it's again, I don't think, I don't think I've had this feeling before, and I don't think it happens again for the rest of the movie. I'll, I'll keep an eye out for it. But just this, like, the last minute and this minute, I'm not really liking Rita too much. Which is, you know, it's fine. She doesn't have to be perfect. She can be, you know, certainly Phil has his his bad side and his yeah. foibles and whatnot. So, but yeah. You know, know what it is? It's that... Uh, when you when you when you get a microscope and rather than studying, we study Phil all these days, all these hours, all his plans. You look at it in a microscope. You know he says it does one little thing, and if you look at it at that specific moment, it's innocent. You know, it's mm-hmm. just two coworkers having a drink at the afternoon while they wait for the van to be repaired. If you look at it from that perspective, there's it's there's nothing at it. There's nothing wrong. So when she says anything cynical like that, it comes off like, "Hey, man, he was trying to put the uh, he was trying he was trying to put the the olive branch ahead, you know." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you're the one being cynical. You're the producer that's being cynical now. Yeah. And I almost I, I well not almost I wonder and I wish we've got we got some alternative history because I'd like to know like why why is this your favorite drink, Rita? How did you come upon? you know, sweet vermouth as your drink, you know, maybe it's, I, and I'm sure I, I picture it's as like a story. Well, you know, I was at a friend's house and her parents were out of town and we were, you know, 16, 17. And the only alcohol in the house was sweet vermouth that, you know, her parents had to make Manhattans and Rob Roy's and whatnot with, but we didn't know you weren't supposed to drink it straight. And, and then I got hooked and that's why I like, like, I, there's there's more that could be going on, yeah. But Phil, you know, Phil doesn't have time to do it. He's got this one day. He's got to close the deal, so he doesn't feel like he has the time to be real. Yeah, and and that's also part of where he is psychologically. That he's it's still a game to him. Right, that right. you don't you could not drink what she's drinking and not toast the same toast she's toasting, but still make a connection. Why do you drink that? Why do you? Why do you always toast to world peace? And, and He's stuff just like wanting that. to know the surface, like about her, and not actually know her as a human being. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of, a, I, I guess we're meant to assume that that does happen at some point because we see, supposedly, he gets to know her so well, and we, you know, we see the surf, the surface stuff. He knows what kind of ice cream she likes and what she drinks and stuff like that. But he knows when well, then he does the ice sculpture. Where he like or a snow sculpture of her face, and he's like, oh, I could have done that with my eyes closed. I know you so well, <laughs> but that's all surface stuff. You know the the things she says, how she toasts, how she, she looks. She asks, "What should we drink to?" You know, yeah. 
that's the that's Ooh, what kills yeah. me. What should we drink to? Is he, he, so he's like on the spot and he goes, and that's it. He says something innocent. He goes, hey, we'll drink to, to the, the groundhog. groundhog. And I have to Oh, 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 you had that plan. So you had that plan the whole time. You're going to do me like that. That's what I would be like. I'm like, oh, oh, oh you so yeah. was world peace the whole time? Is it like a quiz? Yeah, she's kind of setting him up. That's right. She says, what should we drink to? When she knows, she knows what she wants to drink to. It's a fake choice. She's asking a question, but she already knows the answer. Yeah, that's that's no, nah, yeah, that's that's stuff I do when like I'm playing a board game. Like I know the answer, <laughs> yeah. and I need I need to read the other player to know if like I could trust them. That's that's the stuff I do. So, <laughs> oh, and that that so that just the thing that I I've been saying this whole movie is that everyone's in their own loop, and yeah. and when. When Phil breaks down and he's trying to make real connections, the other people are just as phony as Phil is. You know, like when Mrs. Lancaster is asking about the weather and, and Phil breaks into his, um, you know, his whole forecast. And he's like, well, did you really want to talk about the weather or are you just making chit chat? Yeah. It's like, well, so Rita, did you really want to know what Phil, you know, was going to drink to or were you just making chit chat? Mm-hmm. You know, they're all it's, you know, we see Phil and we see his foibles and we, we see his weaknesses and it's but he's he's an everyman. We all have these weaknesses. We all have these problems. We all have these moments where we're just talking past each other. or We're saying we're asking a question, not really waiting for the answer because we've got our own response yeah. already loaded. It's like, in you're, our head. yeah, you're like you're making you're giving your your artificially making the reason why you don't want to enjoy someone's company like oh they're not gonna like the same thing i'm 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 liking or uh drinking so you know um that's no that's uh, my night with them is already done it's like it's in the middle of the afternoon like and the, the, the questions and answers have been like innocent but yeah it's like that she has her own uh reason to be like i'm gonna find a way to be dismissive or like to like kind of like yeah to kind of kill this momentum so i can get back to reading my reader's digest <laughs> yeah well so that's that's all i have for minute 47 was it do you have anything else kyle that you wanted to uh discuss i just had a couple of notes here real quick and just some observations um oh yeah the the, the production in this film is great because there's a way to kind of like use outtakes almost as progression like you know you could have actually had like some screw-ups on the set or something like that and they could just present it as like you know another time for him to (laughs) to uh to learn how to do everything right um and also just that uh, i really like andy mcdowell uh i think she's a fantastic (laughs) actress and uh she has been great since she was in sex lies and videotape and uh just that's pretty much it (laughs) well you know i agree with you and despite the the issues I have with with uh, Rita for these couple of minutes in general, I'm I'm on the same base. And I was surprised; I didn't realize this. There are people that don't like Andy McDowell. Really, is probably the most surprising thing that I've learned doing this podcast. Is people coming out and saying, you know, she's not a good actress. She's not good in this. She's not good in anything. She's no good. I'm like, I I don't, I don't understand it. that that yeah, point no. of view. I she's she's, she's joyful. I mean, it's you know, you, you cast Andy McDowell to get a certain performance. You know, there is mm-hmm. kind of like one thing she does great, and you know, like most actors do. Tom Cruise runs. You know, uh, Tom <laughs> Hanks pees in all of his movies. Yeah, Andy McDowell's yeah. kind of this like uh, joyful, just kind of like a long paused reaction to stuff. You know, uh, and uh, Southern charm. So uh, yeah. yeah, 
I mean, no one's going to mistake her for Meryl Streep. Right. And that's fine. But I think what she does, she does really well. And she's been a highlight uh, in all the movies that I've seen her in. Mm-hmm. But there are people that disagree. So Hey, hey if they, if, you know, Annie McDowell, she still looks fine. And if they want to, like, do, like, a, a, a reboot of Long Kiss Goodnight with her in the Gina Davis role, I mean, I'd be surprised. But, like, I'd say, all right, let's, let's do I'd it. i watch that, sure. That sounds like good casting to me. <laughs> <laughs> she needs to be in more stuff. I mean, you know, she's still young in her career and, and can do a lot of stuff. And it's just, I think the last thing I saw her in was uh, Magic Mike XXL. Uh, <laughs> and I can't think of anything since then, and, and that's a real shame. Yeah. Well, she's got something... I don't know. It it may be out, or maybe it's just coming out. She actually has like a, a new thing coming out this year. Um, I guess. Well, it's just so. There's a. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at IMTP. Am I thinking of? Uh, Wait, she she make, should be in Ocean's Eight if she's saying, not. She's making. I mean, she's making money with the L'Oreal commercials. I was like, I was like, what did she do yeah. recently? And yeah. I said she does a lot of a lot of makeup um, commercials. So oh, that's got to be the life to be an actress and just be like at that point in your career when you can just go work for like two three hours and just continue to get residual checks for like the rest <laughs> of the year. You know, I don't blame yeah. her if that's what she wants to do. Yeah, I assume I assume she sits in like in a salon chair and then like, all right, we're gonna really puff up your hair for this shot. And then you're going to spin around a few times. We're going to have a high-motion high, high motion camera. And then uh, you go L'Oreal. Yeah. Oh, um, Love After Love. That's the one. And it, it, it was out. I got confused because um, I just did a quick look up in IMDb. And then for some reason with the title, they have 2017. But it came out. It actually, it, it's been out for a while. It came out in March of 2018. So I'm not sure why they mixed up the years like that, but it's it's oh, love okay. after love, love um, after love, yeah. With with Chris O'Dowd, who's a great actor. I'm a big fan of him. Oh yeah, um, but she's sixty. So yeah, yes. yeah, she's sixty. Just celebrated yeah. her birthday a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah. Does not look sixty. Just want to throw that out there. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she yes yeah, she's still out there. She's still working. So uh, yeah. So run out and see uh, see everything you can with. With uh, Annie McDowell in it, because yeah, I think she's great. And then this this kind of role she has, she's you know, there's scenes where she has a certain naivete, but she can get serious, she can get upset, she can slap Phil. I think she's great. All right, so let's see where. Yeah, let's. All right, let's <laughs> all right. see where she goes tomorrow. Remember, yeah, remember so, when we thought, oh, we, we don't, we won't have a lot of time to. We're going to fill today. Uh, cuts of uh, forty minutes. <laughs> Uh, all right, so yeah, no, Kyle, thank you for being on with us today. Absolutely. Where can our listeners hear more of you? Uh, if you like, if you weren't completely turned away by the sound of my voice, please check out <laughs> Ghostbusters Minute, Jurassic Park Minute, or my uh, brother Brady's Movies by Minute podcast, uh, Goonies Minute. Those are all available wherever you get uh, fine podcasts like the Groundhog Minute. So Awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, all right, Sean, take us home. Yeah, all right. So thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Brady. Uh, you're not here, but for all your your good work, we've we've listened to you and we love you. So thank you, thank you, Dave, for for I know you've been under the weather last few days, but you you, you stepped up to the plate for this one. And listeners, you're listening. Thank you for doing that. And we will see you tomorrow, if there is one. Don't let them say your hair's too long.